are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I preached a message, probably the first message, one of the first messages I ever preached here, uh, whatever you many years ago as it might have been. I preached a message, I think I'll just go on anyway. And that was one of the first ones. Since that time, and especially uh, over the last year and over the last few days, I keep thinking about that one message. Uh, Last year, I changed the title of the message. And uh, the sword printed the book, and some of you may have that book. I think I'll just go on anyway. But then I changed the title to the message. And now, last night, after getting here, changed the whole structure of the message so that I would preach that message to you this morning. And uh, I've changed the message from I think I'll just go on anyway to let us go on anyway. Let us go on anyway. For I have not made my journey alone. I've had a sweet wife to make that journey with me. And so I changed the title of that message using the verse found in Hebrews 6 where Paul said, let us go on. And that's enough right there. Just let us go on. Regardless of all that was associated with that portion of the scripture. To me, that was the foundation. That was the main word said, let us go on. Because nothing means anything if you don't finish it, if you don't keep going on. And uh, so I changed the message, let us go on. Of course, the original message came out of a a real broken time in both of our lives and in the ministry. And uh, late on the night, I put together an outline. I think I'll just go on anyway. Got up and preached it to my church on that Sunday morning and I and the wife and family and the church was going through just a a heartbreaking time. That message came out of a a broken time in my life. But at the same time, it came out of a broken time in her life as well. Because she was as broken as I was broken. She was hurting Every much as I was hurting. And then I got to thinking about that message I've been preaching all through these years. And I said I should have never preached that message with that title. I think I'll just go on anyway. Because it wasn't I going alone. She was going along with me. And every bit as much of the ministry 
with me uh, as I was in the ministry. And as I looked back and recapped all of those years and and, uh, saw all the battles, but uh, I didn't fight those battles alone. Because every battle we had to fight, uh, she was fighting it also. Every time I was hurting, she was hurting. And every challenge that I had to meet, she met that challenge with me. Every broken heart that we had to deal with, we dealt with it together. And so I've just changed the message to, I think we will just go on anyway. And so we have, for these 57 years now, in the ministry, my preaching, her teaching, sometimes preaching, and uh, really, honestly, I've, I've preached a lot of times and, and I've gotten down from the pulpit and said, that let her preach next time. We heard her over here. I put her up next. And, uh, but for 57 years, uh, we have been together in the ministry. And all of the accolades that, that's uh, generally put on the preacher and put on me uh, really should have been put on her as well. Because I know this to be true, that all the battles, Dr. Trevers never fought a battle that, that he didn't have a, a dear wife fighting the same battle. Every heartbreak was her heartbreak as well. Every tear he had to shed, I'm sure, Miss Cindy was shedding a tear also at the same time. Great as a church that has a great man and his wife leading that church ministry. Because I'm here to confess this morning that if I had any success in the ministries that I have had through the years, 40 years of little better than 40 years of pastoring and the rest of the years in evangelism and doing whatever God wants me to do, Uh, It was not alone. And every challenge that I met, she met. And so I I felt and have felt real bad about the fact that so much is said about me instead of saying about both of us. Because she's right there with me. And she is right here with me today. 57 years of partnership in the ministry of the Lord, and 62 years this next Tuesday as lovers of each other for these two, these 62 years. Lord willing, uh, we'll be married 62 years next a week from this Tuesday. Amen. Believe it or not, we'll be on the airplane again. And we'll celebrate our anniversary up in the sky or in an airport somewhere. But like I told her many times, I said, Honey, it doesn't make any difference where I am when I get up. If you're sitting across the table, that'll be enough for me for the day. So I don't know where we'll eat that anniversary dinner. 
But anyway, it'll be a joyful time in the Lord. And I'd like for my dear and wonderful wife of 62 years to stand right over there. I'm going to give her a good hand. Is Miss Cindy here, our other daughter, and a California daughter? Is here somewhere. Way over. Where are you, Miss Cindy? There you are right there. Let's give her a good hand. We couldn't do it by ourselves. And so this morning, I want to speak to you on this subject. Let us go on anyway. Number one, because the journey has been so great so far. Let us go on anyway because the journey has been so great. Though not without battles, Though not without challenges, but through it all, it's been good. Because it's been in God's business, doing God's work, and it's been great. I can remember the first challenge that we had when we graduated from school and I'd gone down to Florida, outside of Tampa, Florida, Brandon, and little area out there because... Over the weekend, my pastor, Brother Bill Moffitt, said there's a country church out here that's without a pastor, and they think they're about to call a man, but uh, they need somebody to preach for them this week. And if you preach for them on Wednesday night, that would be good. And I said, I'd love to do that. And I went out and preached, and there was about 13, 14, maybe 20 folks there. And, and I preached that night, and an old deacon came to me on a crutch and said, Preacher said, I... Our preacher that we were going to call can't be here Sunday. Would you come preach for us on Sunday morning? And I said, okay, I'll do that. And I went and preached on Sunday morning. And, and the old deacon came to me again and said, Preacher said, uh, uh, he can't be here tonight either. Would you preach for us on Sunday night? I said, I'd be glad to do that. But I got to leave Monday. I got to go back to Chattanooga. So I preached on Sunday night, and the old deacon came to me, and he said, You know, said we like your preaching. said, We decided we're not going to call that other fellow. We're just going to call you to be the pastor. I said, Well, sir, I'm not candidating for this church. He said, Yeah, I know, but said, We like you. We want you to be the preacher. I said, Sir, I'm leaving town Monday. I'm headed back. I'm not candidating to be the pastor of this church. He said, I know, but said, we want you to be the pastor, so this coming Wednesday night, if you're gone, we're going to vote you in. <laughs> Boy, it's hard to deal with a bunch of Baptists when they determine they're going to vote on something. I said, well, sir, I'm leaving town. My wife and I are going back. We're going back. Little old country church, wooden, few people there, you know. So I just left town. He said, well, we're going to vote on you and said, want to be honest with you now. said, well, we're straight up with you about this. Coming as a pastor, he said, we take in $80 a week and we're going to give you 50 I said, well, that's great, but I didn't, I'm not candidating. So we left town and I, I got back to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, I told the wife, I said, honey, I said, uh, the Lord said, we ought to go back and take that church. 
And so we did. Went back and stayed there for 19 years and I built some 13 buildings and God was good in that place and then went and went to Chattanooga from Chattanooga back down to Florida and Florida back uh, up to Georgia and stayed there. And so the challenges, but every challenge, every battle that was there, 13 buildings built in that place that stood the good of God. Then God called us somewhere else, but there the wife was right there with us. I felt sometimes in building all those buildings and doing those things, I felt like maybe Nehemiah must have felt at one time in trying to get those walls built when old Sanballat came by and was giving them problems and troubles. And then I got to thinking, well, it must be like old Ezra was when Ezra was trying to build that temple. And then I read in one of our building programs over in Ezra chapter 4, and about verse 4 then the people of the land weak in the hands of the people of Judah troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all their days I said Lord have mercy Uh, they had Baptists back in those days they even hired professional troublemakers they hired I said thank God today you don't have to hire them there's generally enough volunteers you don't ever have to hire them in a Baptist church today but all of those days were great days and sweet days and good days every battle yeah there was some heartaches and some challenges to meet but thank God I had a good wife to be right there with me and the Lord to be with you and those were good days and building days so I say to you today let us go on in spite of the challenges and the battles that are before us we say the wife and I let us go on anyway because needed encouragement has always been there when there was that need needed encouragement was always there in the heart of the battle the thick of the battle the burden of the battle the challenge of the battles all of those things so let us go on because of the encouragement that has always been there when it was needed And some of that encouragement was left by those who has gone on before. And I looked at what they left and the way they left their ministries. And it encouraged me, encouraged us to keep on going. I think about the first pastor that the wife and I had, Bill Moffitt. And how he took an interest in us as young Christians. And how he'd come by our house from time to time just to sit down with us and open the scripture and and helped us through the Bible and learn how to win souls and learn how to serve God and learn how to work for God. And even at times at night, we'd already be in the bed and suddenly there'd be a flashlight shining through the through the curtains there. We say there's Brother Moffat. He wants to come and get us out of bed and talk to us about the Bible. And I thank God for him. He's already gone to glory now. But if I went by, if I were to go by the, the marker that marked where he lies, there would also probably be a sign that says, Here lies Bill Moffat. 
waiting for that day. Here lies in victory, Bill Moffat, and that has always encouraged me. I got his picture and I look at it often. I can't go through one part of my house without seeing his, his picture there because that he encouraged me along the way. And when, as I walk along through uh, the graveyards uh, of time, I, I find a marker there that says, Lee Robertson lies here in victory awaiting that day. And that encouraged me along the way. And so many I could talk about. I could talk about the marker left by Tom Malone or a Harold Seitler or a Jack Hiles or so many. And here lies these men and awaiting that day. And that day's the day of the sound of the trumpet. And the dead shall rise in victory. And as I look at those who've already gone out before me, who've paved the way, who lies there in victory waiting for the day to be able to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ who with victory. And they, and they encourage me along the way. And I thank God for that. But there's also a reason why the wife and I say, let us go on anyway. Not only because of that encouragement those who've gone on before us have left for us to encourage us, but we say let us go on anyway because of those who are coming behind us. I've got some grandchildren, some great-grandchildren. I've got some young preachers. I've got some young friends along the way. And so we, as well as you, need to just determine in our hearts by the grace of God, we'll just go on anyway. We want to leave something like was left for us that encouraged us along the way. Be an encourager today. Live for God. Serve God. Win souls. Run buses. Get people saved. Love children. Love God. And encourage somebody else to love God. Encourage somebody else to win a soul for no, I ain't going to put my foot on that pulpit because I can't get my left one up anyhow. <laughs> let us go on. We say, let us go on because of those who are coming behind us. Let us go on for encouragement for those that are now walking with us along the way. I thank God for the North Valley Baptist Church. You've been encouragement to us along the way. You don't know how much you have encouraged us. In the latter years of the battles, the challenges that are there, you just don't know what it means. For when we are down through the years a little bit, come to a place like this and receive such a warmth and such encouragement, it just, it just stirs you up. 
I mean, if you've got somebody old and they're dragging around, you know, and they're saying, we're 65 years old. Well, I said, bless you, kid. Hey, get them out here to the North Valley Baptist Church. Get them out here in September. Get them out here sometime, and they'll get somebody that's old stirred up a little bit. You're an encouragement to me. You're an encouragement to my wife. Boy, we sit here and we, we just feel the atmosphere of things and we hear the singers sing and Brother Boroff gets up and lights the fire and everybody just is saying amen. And, and the preacher, he, he looks like, well, he's encouraging me too. So you're an encouragement to me. It's an encouragement to those that you walk with along the way. There are other places that certainly encourage me. And boy, just getting here and getting a, a new shot, as it were, to get back out there and stay with it is worth staying with it. I think of a young man, I guess he's still in Russia somewhere that I've walked with and we've walked with by the name of Buddy Thigpen. And I may have told you the story. I don't think I have. I taught him in college in Georgia when they had this college there. Pastor church surrendered to go to the mission field when he's doing his mission conference. And during that conference, surrendered to go to the mission field and then took his family. I think he had about six children already and uh, decided to get out on debutation. The first debutation, first trip on debutation. Stopped to eat at a McDonald's. and The little guy that was standing beside them, they don't know why, while they were reading the marquee, why, the little guy, he darted back out to get something out of the van and he went out in the drive through lane and a truck suddenly pulled in, hit the little fella and killed him. Buddy Thigpen stood in my pulpit after that occasion, still on debutation, still going. And uh, going to Russia, the old part of Russia that was opened up to start churches, he had, an, had a goal of starting 500 churches during the rest of his ministry. He wept, and as he said to my people, he said, you know, old Satan, he knows how to get at you. He said to me, see, buddy, if you hadn't surrendered to be a missionary and you'd have stayed in your church, your boy would still be alive today. He said, but I know God's always true and never makes a mistake. He said, I knew God called me to be a missionary. And I'm proud today to walk with Buddy Thigpen. He just went right on. And for these last years, he's been establishing churches in that open part of the world over there. He encourages me. And so we 
say, we think we'll just go on anyway because of the encouragement that we're now getting by those that we're walking with. Thank God I've had the opportunity for these years now to walk with Dr. Jack Treber. For many years in my early ministry, I'd only heard of him. I'd only heard of this great place. And then one year I was at the meeting at, at sort of the Lord Conference in, in the tennis in uh, Murfreesboro. Not in Murfreesboro, with Bobby Robertson it was. And I was introduced to Dr. Treber, and I'd never met him before. And we just conversed, and he said, would you come preach to our college sometime? And I, I met him for the first time. And over these years now, it's just like God brought our paths together somehow. And he invited me to come out here, and boy, when I, I thought to myself, me, I'm going I'm going to go get to preach where Dr. Treber preaches. I don't know how that happened, but I think I'm going. Amen. And I went out, and what a blessing it's been. What an encouragement he's been to me through the years. I'll leave you with this. Let us go on anyway because that helping hand has always been there just in time. The helping hand has always been there just in time. Boy, just at the right time, Dr. Trevor's life and my life crossed paths. And what an encouragement it's been. But what an encouragement from his hand just at the right time when you needed it. Just at the right time. That lifting just at the right time. That helped just at the right time when you think you wasn't going to make it. I'm going to leave you with this. I was thinking of that story I told some long time ago that went with the message originally that I got to thinking about that hand and that lift and that encouragement. And while I was preaching in Miami, Florida with Dr. Bob Settle, in a revival meeting, we came in one night to the back part of the buildings, one of the educational buildings where they have uh, the preparation for the meals and, and uh, the people meet and have their dinners and, and those uh, outings there. We came in through the door here, and just as we walked in the door like this here, here was the counter uh, where preparation was made, food and dishes were washed and things like that. Pastor and I walked by like this, and all of a sudden, Pastor Lord, he said, man, look at the ants. There's ants everywhere here. Well, ants was not everywhere, but ants was coming up, and they were there. They had come up the doorpost here and come across the top of the formica, and uh, there was a string, string of them like this. Looked like a whole long string of ants, and they were going all across like this and way down the countertop, and we started following them and wondered where in the world they were going, and we followed them over here, and finally we got to the end, and that was the end of the line. And it stopped because uh, a, a roach, a dead roach was there. It passed on. And we did not know the reason for the death. 
but the roach was laying there. And, and these ants were, the string of them was coming here and the string was going back over there. And, but some of them stopped right here. Not all of them, but some of them stopped right here. And this roach was just, just lying there and lying in an unusual position. He's lying on his back. <laughs> and we thought, well, wonder how he could die on his back. Looked like he'd have just died like that, you know. He wasn't killed, he wasn't crushed, he just lying there. And some of these ants were coming and some of the ants were going, you know. And preacher said, we got to clean up this mess. Look at all this. We got to clean this up. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. These are Baptist ants. Most of them just come and go. They just come and go and look and they don't do anything. But every now and then another one would stop until there was a gathering around this, this, this cockroach. This was a cock, this wasn't one of those northern roaches. One of those little fellows. This, this was a real Florida cockroach. I mean, this is the kind when you put new paper in the pantry at, at night about 12 o'clock. I mean, this guy would make heavy tracks. Preacher said, we got to clean him up. I said, no, we can't clean him up right now. We got to learn something here. He said, well, service is about to start. I said, something big going on here. I don't know what it is yet. I said, these Baptist ants, they don't, they don't stay. They come up, they look, and they just keep in and go on again. And I don't know why they're wanting to get out so quick. But anyway, it looked like suddenly uh, they just took a hold. A few of them just took a hold. And here's this old roach just laying on his back like this and feelers hanging down. Legs. And here's a roach grabbing a leg. Here's an ant grabbing a leg. Here's an ant grabbing a leg. Here's an ant grabbing a feeler. And all of a sudden, there's turning him. Hey, some of these guys were pulling and some of them were pushing. Hey, I'm here to tell you, son, that cockroach, that big old cockroach, they were turning him around. I was saying to the crowd that was quick to take a look and quick to get out, I said, something looks like happening over here. Looks like you guys want to stay long enough to see if anybody's coming forward. But they just kept on moving him. And all of a sudden they stopped. Now they were right at the backsplash. Here's the backsplash right here. They kept on moving him, turning him until they finally got him and they pointed him straight to that backsplash. And all of a sudden, you know those ants, they wear those little rubber cup shoes. They can just walk right up a wall like that, you know. And they, just, they backed him up, honestly. They just backed him up straight up against that wall. Strangest thing I've ever seen. Dead cockroach. Standing up against that backsplash. All of a sudden, they gave the signal. They all started pushing and pulling. And they started pushing. And they started pulling. And they kept on, 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 on. They brought him all the way up to the top. No new help came. 
they couldn't quite get him up on top. So they just let him right back down again. I said, preacher, what do you think? He said, well, I think we better clean this mess up. I think I hear the choir. I think the choir's about to sing. I said, hey, we're in revival already right here. We got a bunch of backslidden ants that's coming and going. They need to get better. We need some folks that's trying to do the job by themselves. I said, we can't go now. He said, the choir's singing. I said, man, I'm praying. They couldn't get him over. So all of a sudden, they just lowered him back down. Somebody gave a signal and they went right back up again. I mean, this just kept right on going. Till they got him up the top and they couldn't quite get him over. And this crowd was still coming and going. I was talking to them already. I had a good bit to say to them. But anyway, they let him down. And I said, preacher, do you suppose that it, that it is possible that not only would some of them just come and go and not reach in to help with the load that needs to be lifted, but do you suppose that some of them had the audacity to sit there and ride while the others were doing the pushing and the pulling. I said, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. So I took my glasses, I looked real close, and sure enough, there was about five or six of those birds sitting up there riding. I knew every one of them by name. I knew where they sat in church. I knew their wives' names, and I knew their kids' names, and I said, I know you, you you're about half-hearted, all you do is come and go, you don't come out on soul winning, you don't tithe, I said, I know you, to get off of there, but it's time to get off and start pushing and pulling, doing something, instead of being a freeloader and a rider, come on now. They just sit there. You know how they do. They just sit there. I said, preacher, if they'll try it one more time, if they'll work on it one more time, even if they got to carry an extra load, if they'll just go right on up and try to get him on top, if I see that they can't make it, I'm going to help them. And if I see they can't make it, I'm going to take this pen here and I'm going to help them get it up on top. Lord have mercy, they went and back it again. And they put that old roach right up to the top. It looks like they wasn't going to make it. And I took this pen and flipped that old roach up on top. And I couldn't exactly read what they were saying, hear what they were saying. I couldn't see them exactly, but it looked like those five or six that were riding looked like they'd already been at the judgment seat. They just dropped off of there, and it seemed like the rest of them for the first time turned loose. It seemed like they were having camp meeting time, singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, and there's victory in Jesus. I said all that to say that I learned something that day. That's why wife and I will say, we think we'll just go on anyway. Because the journey's been good. It's been a sweet journey with battles but, and tears, but it's 
been a great journey. We think we've just gone anyway simply because of the encouragement that's been there when we needed it. And from those who helped us in encouragement that we shall never be able to forget. And for that hand that's always been there just when it seemed like you wasn't going to make it. And when it seemed like to those ants, I think that they're not going to make it. We're just not going to make it. They didn't realize that I was watching. They didn't realize when it seemed like we're just not going to get this load that we're carrying, get up on top with it, that I was going to reach under there and help them get up on top. But I never forgot that story that day. How that in the times it seems like when we just can't make it or get on top of it, somebody's watching. Somebody's looking. Somebody's concerned. And at the right time, and I look back over the ministries that, that this dear wife and I spent in the 57 years and the challenges and the opportunities and the loads and loads that you're carrying right here, when those loads seem big and they seem heavy and we need more to help to, to lift it to get us up on top of this situation, hey, somebody's watching. Somebody's got an arm that's not shortened, that it can reach down. Thank God when it seems like when we just can't hardly make it. Thank God that hand that's not short and reaches down and just gets right up under you and just puts you right up on the top. And you say, thank God for that hand. Thank God for that eye. It's always on us. So by the grace of God, at 81 years of age, the wife and I think we'll say, we'll just go on anyway. I don't know where you are. I know that in, in our times right now, it seems like we're carrying a load that we're not going to get up on top of it. But I've got news for you. Somebody's watching. And there is a hand that can get under you and lift you and put you right up on top. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.